Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Listeners like you make this show possible and keep our lights on. You can join up with other Omay Dollar community members to support episode transcripts and more by making a pledge of a buck or more per month and get cool perks like cat stickers and a special badge on our forums. This episode was underwritten by the Tamsin G Association, Warrior Queen, and Chris Giddings. To learn more, you can visit ohmydollar.com slash support. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here, we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Carebake. I'm your other host, Will. All right. Welcome back, Lillian. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is the first episode we're recording since I've gotten back from the UK, which... You may not have known because I was secretly in the UK all month, but I didn't maybe even mention it. Our on release the show. schedule may not have given it away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just say it was seamless. But folks may have heard the whispers. I don't know. Have you heard these whispers? A recession is coming. I've heard I've heard the whispers. Yeah. Even even low voices, a little <laughs> over a whisper. I, here's the thing. We don't know really when the recession is coming, and we don't know exactly what it looks like, which industries will be hit hardest. A recession is definitely coming, but a recession is always coming. It's part of the cycle of economic activity. Expansions, mm. which is what we have been in, which yeah. is, you know. Which would be like a economic growth period. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are always followed by contractions, which contractions are a economic slowdown. On and on. All a recession technically is, is when economic activity, as measured by the gross domestic product, or GDP, slows down for at least two quarters. It doesn't really sound so bad. So that's the technical term. Two that quarters, is... GDP slows down. And then it's and GDP tech... growth slows down, not GDP goes, goes down. Huh. Yeah, it doesn't go negative. Um, because if the GDP has gone negative, <laughs> that we're in, at apocalypse status, pretty much. And it's not necessarily bad. There's, there's pros and cons to recessions and contractions. And if the economy was always expanding, we would have other problems. Um, one of the big downsides of an expansion like we've been in is that interest rates tend to st go high when mm -hmm. the economy is doing well and we tend to have more inflation uh, when interest rates are high our currency inflates so it gets right. more and more expensive to buy the things that you expect which is one of the things we've been experiencing in because we've had the longest run coming out of the last recession of a economic expansion that we've had in a really long time so actually the stock market has been doing really well for one of the longest stretches that it has. So we knew this was coming, right? It's just that now the whispers are really starting. And I think the whispers are starting right now 
simply because one statistically we're at the point where it, we're going to have to have a contraction sometime soon just just as an economic inevitability yes um another reason that there's whispers starting is that the fed uh which is the people in control of the money they mm-hmm. also set interest rates and generally interest rates are kind of one of these bellwethers that we use as an indicator um for how things are doing overall and this is the first time that they have chosen to not raise the interest rate um in quite a while just i think they just did, it was a month ago maybe two mm-hmm. months ago that's jerome powell right is the is the current the, chair yeah, uh the chair? yeah that sounds okay. right so the fed is supposed to be a um independent institution it's just essentially a bunch of economists um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they set interest rates but that those interest rates affect the rest of the market because essentially when interest rates are high that means inflation is really high and uh the fed but, so it's both an indicator and uh influencer yeah Uh it's you know it's econ so you can always argue one way or the other that things are (laughs) things are influencing things it's all just magic wand waving with numbers right um but i think one of the things that's really hard is that if you say recession these days we all think back to the great recession in Mm -hmm. all caps which is like the actual name 2008 yeah yeah given by economic historians which was like 2007 and, and it technically lasted almost till 2011 and this is you know, for me, I think back to almost every house on my block was in some state of foreclosure or pre-foreclosure. I was replaced by someone holding a PhD for an $800 a month AmeriCorps position when I left Damn. my position. <laughs> um, my friends that had former like high-flying jobs couldn't get a call back for barista jobs because no one was hiring. Like, I, you know, we saw people lose their retirement savings in the last recession. And there was just such a... Um, the Great Recession scarred. It scarred our whole freaking generation. That's See, for I sure. feel like I was less aware of it because I was in college specifically 2008 through 2012, which is like in, in a lot of ways, I think, a, a huge insulating bubble. Well, and I one of the reasons I chose to go. So I went to college in my mid 20s. And one of the reasons I chose go, to go back to college was that the writing was on the wall with the recession. Mm. We had started mm-hmm. saying the recession. And fun fact higher education is actually what's considered a counter-cyclical industry. And that's because a lot of people choose to go back to school to either retrain when they lose their jobs or, uh, you know, make a move for jobs or just simply hide out from the real world during a recession. Um, it's a great way to um, live on student loans or grants for a couple yeah, years no, while you wait for the economy to recover. Yeah, if you're not going to get a job, might as well go to school. Right. Yeah. You know, recessions can straight up suck if you're not someone with a large amount of security net and financial resources. And I think I think it's easy to be like, oh, recessions are just a normal part of the economic cycle. Everything's fine. But like, sure, they suck a little for rich people. But if you're rich, you usually just lay some workers off, use this as an opportunity to get cheap lending. So you get low interest rates and you Mm -hmm. use that opportunity to build a new factory or whatever. And you buy stocks when they're right. Weather the storm and relax in your beach house. Yeah. On sale. I like how we feel like we've created this very rich person. He's he's a straw man. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) We had a suit. (laughs) You know, and then again, most things in the world suck a lot less for people who are rich. This is true. So (laughs) this is like one of those things where it's, it's easy to both write off the recession and be like, Oh, it's a normal part of the economic cycle. But at the same time, recessions freaking suck if you're not in a situation where you're just laying off workers at your factory or you know making a new factory with low interest rates being lent right. by the fed making your own mai tais on the beach and so there's no right you you are the worker that got laid out <laughs> off right um 
And so there's some things you can do. I I think one of the things here is to not get it's it's both important to not get too caught up in the anxiety of a recession is coming because you just can't predict the future. That being said, there's a couple things you can do to kind of be a little more recession resistant in your finances. Um, and I think they're particularly notable if you kind of hear the whispers coming for the recession. Um, and if you generally feel like your job is eminently likely to hurt in a recession. So the harder it will be for you to replace your current job. One thing is if you work in a field like tourism or retail, it will likely be hit by recession. They're generally considered the bellwethers of economic contractions because as soon as people's pocketbooks get hurt, they stop going on vacations, they shop a little less, and you might very well be in, in a situation where you kind of know that it's likely that you'll be eliminated earlier. <laughs> or if you've been in a situation where you've been like you've been hired on and you've been like a you know on temp contracts for a really long time and as long as money keeps flowing in you keep getting you know your contract extended but you know the second there isn't money it's going to dry up if you work in a counter cyclical industry like higher education as we mentioned um funnily enough personal finance advice is a counter that makes sense (laughs) oh no i don't have any money (laughs) to ask questions somehow people have more time to listen to personal finance radio shows during a recession and booze you were saying earlier on yeah uh uh, alcohol is considered a counter cyclical uh counter cyclical industry i'm sad because i don't have any money yeah, glug, glug, you, yeah. You know, you got a lot of free time <laughs> if you're unemployed. So those are those are things, and you know, this is just generally knowing what field that you're in and how it kind of fares generally during recessions. Then again, a lot of people worked in what they considered to be very secure financial jobs that suddenly were massively cut during the last recession because mm-hmm. of all, all the upheaval in finances. So there's not a perfect predictor. That being said, the harder you think it's likely to replace your current job, the longer it would take you to get hired. So if you're a certified nuclear reactor operator and everyone in your town works for the reactor, and if the reactor closed down, everybody would have the same certifications and be looking for the same jobs. So you likely have to move to another city. I never, I never thought about that. I mean, that's one of the things is if you work in a highly specialized field, it usually takes you longer to get rehired. So what's great is that you have, you know, sort of a more stable position and you're, you're more covetable. The downside is that if, if your job gets cut, you're likely to be competing against people with kind of similar qualifications. Generally, recession is actually also not the time to make a massive career shift, and that's because you don't want to be in a position of competing against people with more experience as an entry-level employee to mm, a new mm-hmm. industry, right? Does Presumably that... with other entry-level employees right. for the same reasons, huh? Yeah, right. That's a so good point. That is, so generally, what you want to do is find a way to like pivot. This is leads me to kind of the first thing you can do to prepare. If you have a general awareness of how hard it's going to be to replace yourself, find a new job... Uh, then you have a general idea of your emergency fund. We've talked before ad nauseum on the show about emergency funds, but they become even more important in a recession because that cushion can really help ease Mm -hmm. some of the transition. Um, And so, you know, an eight-month emergency fund will give you, you, often you can ride through an entire recession on that emergency fund. Uh, Yeah, that's two quarters. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, 
And if you are in the situation where you hold a lot of debt, student loans, a mortgage, credit card debt, you usually will need a bigger emergency fund than if you don't have very many obligations. Right, so you can keep on putting money towards those and at least not have them increase too much. Right, so one thing to know is that federal student loans and medical debt can usually be put on income-based repayment if you lose your job or have like a large loss of income because you, you know, had to deal with your job being cut down to four days a week or whatever. But credit cards, auto loans, and usually mortgage lenders couldn't care less if you've lost your income. So mm-hmm. it's important to think about what kind of debt you have when you're kind of trying to calculate this out. There's no magic perfect number for what the perfect emergency fund is. And obviously, it has to be within the reality of what you're able to save. Right. But just focusing on saving when you feel like a recession can come is coming can be one of those things that makes a huge difference. And... This factors into the next point, which is, once again, actually knowing your expenses. So bonus points are knowing what expenses you can cut. And if you haven't Mm -hmm. gotten laid off yet and you don't know what the recession are, there's no reason you have to cut expenses right now if you're doing okay and the recession hasn't hit you personally. But if you do think you're at risk of losing your job or you're just trying to find ways to build up savings, know what expenses you can trim. So I immediately know where where in my budget, if things get hard, what things are going to get eliminated. Right. What 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 nice bonus features you can cut. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know, you'd cut back on a gym membership if your hours got cut at work or if you get your hair dyed professionally, maybe you can either start doing it yourself or you could switch from monthly appointments to every six or eight weeks. Like those are the kind of things where you just know where you're going to cut that cut the trim your budget from I think is really helpful uh so this is kind of a weird one but make sure you show your work Mm. so uh, I generally advise what I call a work log which is it's easy to be really proud of yourself in the moment at work like oh I passed this initiative blah 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 and then you sit down to do a resume in two years and you cannot remember what you did at your job (laughs) entered data in spreadsheets right Um, and so I'm a big fan of like just once a week um, writing down your accomplishments in just a very short bullet point Um, and then if you keep this in like a google doc at work um i recommend keeping it on google doc not on your work google (laughs) account um you know then you'll have stuff to pull from when or if you're applying for other jobs and this is a huge one if you do creative work in your job and you're gonna need portfolio projects like writing samples or even in the case of like, I wasn't in a creative position, but I was a fundraiser. So I often designed annual appeals. I wrote mm-hmm. I wrote appeal letters. I wrote um, blast emails for work. Keeping that stuff off your work account. So sending it to yourself. A lot of this for me was public material. So it's not like I'm, I'm, they're trade secrets. They literally got sent to thousands of households, but I would just be so relieved that I did them. I wouldn't think like, oh, I should make sure to email this blast. Right. Email have a to copy myself. for yourself for later. Yeah. Probably also a good time to steal uh, industrial secrets. Well, <laughs> and this is, I, I mean, sure. Let's, we're not advising you stealing. Disclaimer, don't steal industrial secrets. <laughs> but this is one of the other things for me, like as a fundraiser, I do a lot of creative work that, um, Uh, you know, was in the position of like, there were immediate numbers I was tracking constantly. Like, how much did we raise from this email? What was our click-through rate on the email? That kind of stuff fades to the back of your head 
almost immediately after you've done it, right? You've lived through another winter campaign season. You've dealt with end of year fundraising and you just completely forget about it. Um, This is particularly true if you work in like a fast paced field like marketing or business analytics. But if you write that stuff down at the end of the week on your work log, that means you're going to have a perfect example when you get stuck in an interview and they're like, tell me about a time that you improved a system. And you're like, Oh, here's here. a time. Yeah, here's a time <laughs> that I increased our automation by like 30% on our emails and, you know, raised as much more money. And that's exactly the kind of thing that you like fades in your memory over time. But if you just yeah. write it down in a short little work log. Oh, that sounds great on an interview when you've got, got the information there and clearly know what you're capable of and have done. Yeah, it makes writing resumes, which is very few people's favorite task, mm-hmm. a little easier, right? Um, and then this is one of those ones that I think ugh, I hate saying it. But I'm going to say it anyway. Consider a side hustle. So having multiple sources of income, particularly income you're more in control of, so entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. of some sort, selling things on Etsy, dog walking, that kind of stuff, not working for another employer necessarily, uh, it really makes you recession proof, right? So like during the recession, I didn't have any single full-time job. I had three to five other jobs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that meant at any given time, if one of them, if work dried up for a little while, if they had to cut my hours or whatever, it didn't didn't have as big of a hit on my income like losing my whole job would have been. Well, that's always why I've liked multiple jobs. I've had a few times where I've just, you know, unexpectedly lost my my only job and that has such a greater impact on you and you don't have other things going on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And here's one of the things about like you know as much as I bemoan how much being self-employed is stressful and things like that one of the great things about being self-employed is that you're more used to that variable income and so you tend to get a little less stressed out by mm-hmm. the like folks that have only ever had one job for an employer yep, they Re- know how much they're getting each month yeah, yeah yeah the recessions are harder on them I'm in the situation where like getting myself 20 more customers in a month can make a huge difference on my bottom line uh, on what I take home. And that's the kind of thing that I know what inputs I need to do to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus like a raise, which is like you've got to go talk to a boss. Maybe the boss doesn't approve. It's a recession. Maybe it'll happen in a few months. You're happy to have a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. None of that. None of that. Is, I just need to write a better email to sell things or like buy some Instagram ads or whatever. Mm-hmm. So another thing is to take advantage of any benefits you have through work. So if yes. you have one of those cushy jobs. Or if you're 25 and I must go off your parents' health insurance. Woo! That was definitely the most doctor's appointments I've ever made in a year. It was just like, <laughs> I'm about to be off mom's insurance. Let's go. Do it. So <laughs> uh, obviously medical dental optometry are some of the obvious benefits that mm-hmm. a lot of people get. Ooh, and I have an optometry bonus point is if you actually get your glasses prescription (laughs) instead of just buying glasses you can get your glasses for way cheaper elsewhere Mm -hmm. yes um that is one of the usually that's something i have to ask for usually yep um and usually if you need to get this is a weird tip but if you want to get glasses offline uh like or online and you want to go get like six dollar glasses on the internet which i love Mm -hmm. i'm a big fan of um, make sure you get your pupillary distance written down on your prescription because mm. you will need that to buy them online. And that's not standardly written on it, but they will have measured it for you. Mm. So Noted. Fun thing to do. Uh, and that's like I was in the position where I had a three-month contract job last year and the last three weeks of the job I had vision and dental, which was weird. And I went and got <laughs> all my teeth cleaned. Yep. I got like, one by one. I got like a grind a grind plate for my teeth because it was like good dental insurance and a grill and I am a silver grill um, yep y'all should just, see Lillian it's wild it's pretty great just dollar signs I got those like cats. tooth gems that you could get <laughs> 
I also got uh, I also went and got my um, I you know I had vision insurance it wasn't that great but I bought like a year's supply of contacts which oh turned, I never thought about that turned out contacts. to be very helpful mm-hmm. considering that uh, I then started figure skating and had to stop wearing my glasses all the time <laughs> so you'd so, spin quickly and they'd go flying across the ice and yeah, get I've, ran over by a zamboni I have broken so many glasses <laughs> um, that's why I got contacts in the first place actually that's why I started buying cheap glasses I have new glasses but you didn't notice because the same as my old glasses uh, they look great <laughs> I mean but yeah I didn't notice Okay, there's other things you might get through work. So if you work like a corporate job, you may not even realize what you might have what's called an employee assistance program or EAP. And EAPs often have a couple things. One, they often give you um, access to like a therapist. So you often can get like like a couple appointments with a therapist. You can sometimes get a will done for free through an EAP, which is like it costs a couple hundred bucks to get a lawyer to help you do a will. Um, so uh, that's a great thing to do while you have access to that. You also can often get discounts for things you only buy like once a year, like a discount on car insurance. I'm still living off the group employee discount um, at the gym that I, so I have like a large uh, corporate gym membership nice. and I got like the group discount. Um, sometimes you could do discounts counts to things like Costco memberships through your work EAP. All sorts of bizarre things that you can get. So just check it out. Make sure that you take advantage of that while you can. So like my gym membership, I obviously don't work at that corporation anymore, but I still have that rate locked in. Right. They've never adjusted it. Yeah. Well, you're still working there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, also your job may very well um, start cutting things like paying for conferences or recertifications that's often one of the mm. first things to go so milk it while you can yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> get it while the getting's good especially if you think you might lose your job but any you don't want to have to pay for your you know GIS recertification out of your own pocket um, if you aren't going to have to so do it now um, or like conferences maybe that would help you meet other people in the field so you're you've got doors to knock on if you are looking for another job or a side hustle uh, also, you know, fill your pockets with all the free snacks. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, kind of yeah. kidding, but I'm not really kidding. But I'm a little kidding. I mean, but there's like... If you work in an office with free snacks, I'm so freaking jealous. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, my coffee habit is definitely supported by our coffee sponsors on X-Ray, as well as our <laughs> coffee supplier at Sexy Coffee. Uh, the so- side hustle. Sounds like sounds like <laughs> someone that uh, someone that writes the carts for the station and the ads for our underwriters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a job with free coffee once. It was great. I've had like two jobs with free coffee and it's been really great. Also, government offices usually have coffee, but I don't know what it is about government employees and how bad the coffee is. It's just universally bad in all government offices I've ever been in. I've never worked for the government. I, can't, I have no... No light to shed, but I'm curious. Yeah, government workers, tell us about your, your coffee. coffee habits. I'm yep. curious. Um, this, is, this would be a very niche spinoff podcast. Yep. It would be interesting. I would actually love to hear how people deal with coffee at work because there's all sorts of different things. We're going to do a future episode on this. So write in <laughs> and tell us how coffee is done at your workplace, coffee and tea. Is it just provided by the company? Do you do uh, a coffee fund? Do you have to join the coffee fund no matter what, even if you don't drink coffee? I would love to hear... I'm really curious. There's all sorts of different ways that it's done at different companies. Uh, all right. I, those are the big ones that I would mention. Um, I think one of the things to know is what things are coming down the pipeline for your expenses. Yeah. So even if you feel relatively secure in your job and you've like shored up your savings and you're feeling okay, um, 
it, despite like wanting to take advantage of those benefits through work and buy things like that, if you're thinking about replacing any like durable consumer goods, so your car, your washing machine, mm-hmm. something like that, your laptop even. Yeah, it, you want to know about that ahead of time. Yeah. Well, but it's often better to wait until the recession hits because generally those oh. kind of things are more likely to be either sold used mm-hmm. so you can get them, which is, by the way, fun fact, when you buy something used, it's not reflected in the gross domestic product. Interesting fact. Um, but in addition to uh, like being able to get those things used, if you are going to finance something like that, like get a 0% you know, interest loan or whatever, you're more likely to have a lower interest rate if you do it during the recession. And there's also a lot of deals because um, it's hard to sell durable material goods during a recession. So you tend to get a lot of discounts at, you know, RIP Sears, but, you know, places yeah. like that. So. Uh, it's a thing to think about. So I guess that is the one, one of the potential slight benefits or, or times you would be wanting to spend money in a recession versus not in a recession. And yeah. I guess the last thing I should say is, oh, I hope you all have some sort of investments, your retirement account, whatever. And leave them alone. Leave them alone. Just leave them <laughs> alone. Um, you may be in the position where if you are not auto balancing your uh, whatever your retirement portfolio is. If the economy isn't doing great, you may have to rebalance and, you know, buy a different proportion, sell and buy stocks and bonds, yeah. obviously, right? Um, but it's hard. It's it's hard for me, even. I logged into my Vanguard and I was like, you know, we had a we had a pretty big dip in the stock market in a couple of weeks. I logged in and I was like, oh, oh, I don't like to see my IRA take a hit like that. Like, it was like a bummer to be like, oh, this is the first month in quite a while where I haven't reported an increase to my net worth from my retirement portfolio and like that sucked to like enter the negative in the spreadsheet and be like but I didn't do anything I didn't get anything from that but I always remind myself that I am buying stocks on on sale and Mm -hmm. as much as I resent these rich people that are mostly shielded by the recession but whine about it just as much I try to (laughs) embrace their attitude towards the stock market whenever possible and go hey my goal is I'm in this for the long haul um panicking when it hits the bottom and taking all your money out because you don't like to see it's the worst move it is literally the worst move and i know it's really tempting but don't do it so uh that i think those are our main things yeah all it took was a recession to get lillian to talk about macroeconomics (laughs) (laughs) i love talking about macro um yeah tell us about your recessions yeah, I would. I so I'd be really curious to hear if you um, lived through and were working in the last recession. Did you lose your job? Did you feel like you were in a recession kind of proof industry? Obviously, I'd love to hear about your coffee situation at work. This oh, is yeah, a that too. very important episode. Um, but yeah, I'd like to hear how did you prepare for the last recession? Did you weather it? Did you feel like you weathered it well? Do you feel like you're more prepared this time? Um, so it's coming, but we don't know when. So. Uh, I mean, look out for that. <laughs> look out for that. We'll we'll know when it's here, right? Um, this is one of those things where we get we get signs before we're there, but you know because you're falling off the side. Bellwethers. Can I? Def- I I had to look up the origin of bellwether because you used it twice. A bellwether is the lead sheep with a bell on it. I did not actually yeah, know that. I was I glad just- I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, that wraps our show for today. <laughs> Uh, we love hearing from you, so email us all those things we asked you for at questions at ohmydollar.com or tweet us at Anomalily or at ohmydollar. Our producer is Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Frecky, and your host and personal finance educator is me, Lillian Carbake. 
Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.